It's Thursday, September 12th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me once again in studio is Bill Mann, also joining from MFAM Funds, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. You got the bills together. Thanks for having together. It's been a long time. It has been a while. It has been. I mean, since we've been here. I mean, it was earlier this morning where we were together, <laughs> <laughs> um, waiting for Chris to join us for coffee. Uh, I was a little late this morning. Uh, so, uh, we've got uh, some potential merger acquisition news. Potential. Um, we're going to pour one out for T Boone Pickens yeah. and give a shout out to our neighbors uh, at the USPTO. But we're going to start in the world of tobacco and tobacco related products. British American Tobacco, the parent company of cigarette brands like Lucky Strike, Kent, and Dunhill, shares of BAT are up a bit this morning after announcing that it is cutting thousands of jobs. And that probably would be the lead story in tobacco and tobacco related <laughs> products, were it not for the fact that yesterday the US Food and Drug Administration announced a plan to ban flavored e cigarette products. And this seems like if well, let's start with this, Bellman. What was your first reaction when you saw that news? You know, there's a lot of talk about the fact that six people have died. It's the government, so I went straight cynical. It's like, well, we can't sort out when four hundred thousand die each year from actual tobacco products, and we can't sort out, you know, so. Um, Six people in Kansas. Yeah. Uh, reports of dying of what is being yeah, termed, I mean, for sure. termed a mystery illness, yeah. which is yes. never a good thing. For sure, the regulators have been nervous about the fact, and they've been on to the fact that these that these the fruit flavors have uh, in a large way attracted teens to e-cigarette uh, smoking. Do you call it smoking usage? Vaping. Well, yeah. I hate that word. <laughs> I know, like it's the word at well, this point, right? Well, it's the actual word, so you're just gonna have to get over. It's like that. hating the word cheese. I hate that word. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Barker, we were talking earlier today. This is something that uh, we've seen a lot of investment in, and probably no bigger investment than coming from Altria, um, the, the company formerly known as Philip Morris. Um, Altria took a big stake in Juul. Juul is the biggest and best known yeah. brand in vaping. And when this got reported, shares of Altria popped. Um, not a tremendous amount, but went up. And that surprised me just a little bit, just because, yes, Altria is a big company and yes, they have a lot of money, but they also sunk a decent chunk of it into Juul. And if all of a sudden Juul and all vaping companies have an addressable market that is much, much smaller, because now instead of Fruity flavors, everything tastes like a cigarette. Then I would think that would not be good news for Altria. Uh, well, not necessarily because Altria has the uh, approved cigarette tasting e-cig. So if the, the only one, if I think, the competition yeah. being the the more you know um, flavorful kinds, uh, whatever they are, uh, is taken away, then you know that all that. Energy is going to go into the only thing you can get, which is cigarettes or their their closest substitute and and tobacco. Uh, so, you know, I mean, my first reaction to this was was more or less like, oh, it's about time. You know, I mean, speaking, and that's mostly speaking as a parent <laughs> whose 
children do not vape, uh, from what they tell me, and I believe them on this limited (laughs) (laughs) but but who seem to be surrounded by you know uh, many 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 others who do in in their uh, grades yeah uh, a couple of months ago i interviewed carl quintanilla from cnbc he worked on a primetime documentary about vaping so well done which was which they are i'm pretty sure they are running it again next week with updated interviews and it was same thing as a parent it was terrifying to watch because the there were a bunch of scenes that stood out, but one was Carl talking to a 16-year-old boy, and he asked him, you know, okay, you've been vaping for two years. The first time you did it, what was it like? And he was like, oh, it was great, which yeah. is of course the opposite of you know everyone's first cigarette that they ever had. Which is like, <laughs> my lungs are on fire and my. Mouth tastes like ash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cigarettes uh, are an acquired taste, and too many people acquire that taste. But you have to push through. Yeah. Uh, I think that that first a couple of experiences to uh, to get. That's there. right. You have to. There's the the nicotine delivery, but then there's the you know the way it's done is not particularly pleasant. Well, with vaping, we've solved that, and that's not necessarily great. So the only flavor approved for tobacco is menthol. Right, I believe that's correct. Yeah. You're an expert on this. I'm really not. <laughs> um, but I mean, there would have been a push, and there there were more flavors uh, at one point, or you know, there was greater latitude to add flavors to tobacco, and and they, you know, the, the regulators successfully put a stop to that for everything other than menthol. And you know, if Juul and the the e-cig world are restricted to the great taste of tobacco. Uh, they're not going to. They're not going to get as many people uh, signed on, which you know, to a non-smoker is a good thing. I it's think. probably really bad for the mom and pop shops that have popped up everywhere. The vape shops you see everywhere. Uh, it just makes them. That. It makes them sound so innocent. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mom and pop vaping <laughs> shops. <laughs> yeah. I guess it does. So let's go back uh, before we move on to our next story. Let's go back to British American Tobacco. When you when you see this news, does it uh, make you think that tobacco stocks in general are in better shape? Like, are they helped by this, or does it have no effect? My first reaction is make a choice: either you're British or you're American. <laughs> I was talking about all publicly traded tobacco companies, but you know, thanks for. Going but that was helpful too. <laughs> thanks for going immediately. I, think probably I don't think this has been given enough scrutiny. This British American tobacco, you can't be both. Otter, should I answer the question? Yes, please. I, I think in the short term, it probably helps them to the to to the degree that you b- believe that there is a formal channel for cigarettes, for e-cigarettes, and then an informal one. This impacts the informal one a lot more than it does the formal one. Longer term, you know, the top of the funnel might narrow a little bit if that you know if that original acquisition of nicotine through e-cigarettes is not as positive. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Groupon is pursuing an acquisition, uh, and the story quotes Robert Chapman, an activist investor who had built up a one and a half percent stake in Groupon and appears to be selling some of that off, uh, because at least he's not crazy about the possibility that Groupon's going to make a what he calls relatively large acquisition, and yeah. the target 
appears to be Yelp, which <laughs> is surprising for a couple of reasons. I'm sure there are synergies that can be wrung out if these two companies get together. But let's start with the fact that Yelp is more profitable than Groupon, and it's also bigger than Groupon from a market cap standpoint. Yeah, I thought that the story had it backwards. I mean, that Yelp obviously was going to be buying Groupon for what reason? I can't really fathom. I, I, I looking at what this would do for the company, I can't see it other than making it larger. Is there any any reason, Barker? You think this could work? I think it falls under the principle of um, two wrongs do make a right. That if you take two things as as disappointing as these two companies and you put them together, then something good comes out of the situation. Uh, These have been massively disappointing investments over the last uh, five years. I think both of them have an average return of uh, minus 15% a year. Uh, so they're. they're so I think Yelp from a slightly higher base. It's though, a very fair ago. fight, I would say, between who's been the worst performing stock, and maybe <laughs> this is the way to solve it: is to put them together. Uh, and I maybe there are some synergies here. That's a word. That's a buzzword. You can always uh, trot out when you don't know why else something is being done. Um, but. Uh, I think I don't it, know. yeah, it, it, I think it's really got to be that that the Groupon and and it and it must be said that this is being pushed by by investors. I mean, the investors are super frustrated at Groupon. Maybe they should have invested in a better business, but be that as it may, um, Groupon has to do something, right? And its core business may not be growing at all; may be pretty stagnant. So. What what better way to do it than to move into a different vertical? I think that's probably got a lot to do. I mean, it seems like one of the main things that both Groupon and Yelp have going for them are sort of the brand recognition. There seems to be a a healthy number of people, consumers, who are using both. But but it also seems like these businesses would be better off if they were housed elsewhere. So, if instead the story was Alphabet is buying either Groupon or Yelp and cutting costs and and sort of building it into its network, then I think that that becomes yet another profitable division within Alphabet. But mm-hmm. I think uh, that's right. And, but but just the yeah. marriage of the two just seems awful. Well, I mean, you're you're right in that from a brand perspective, they are both they are each the noun of their you know respective segments, right? Um, so maybe 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 that's it. They feel like that from a corporate perspective, they the the back office stuff. There's some synergies that could be wrung out, but. You know, I don't really see it. Also, a little telling that shares of Yelp are up today on this report, and shares of Groupon are down about five percent because you know it's like, hey, Yelp, they're, they got, they got, <laughs> there's some attractiveness there, and with Groupon, it's just like, oh lord, you're going to go out and try and buy a company bigger than yourself? Yeah, you can't run your own company, but let's just take another one on. Uh, salute to our neighbors. At the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, uh, they're on fire this week, uh, smacking down Ohio State University for attempting to trademark the word "the," which, in addition to being insane, is 
also an insult to the many institutions of higher learning out there. Yeah. Including and especially the American University. The American University. Not to mention the person who invented the word the, I think, should have had some say. I don't know who said Bill the. <laughs> um, and also uh, LeBron James attempting to uh, trademark the phrase Taco Tuesday. I enjoy watching LeBron play basketball, and I, I, I know he has a bunch of business endeavors he's doing well at. That was one where I was like, oh, come on, don't do that. Uh, so, I get that the the Ohio University move, which I would assume... Ohio, Ohio <laughs> University is a different one. Here comes our hate mail from today. This is, this is why I did this. <laughs> you don't follow. Let me tee that up again. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so they're trolling, right? Nobody involved thought they would get away with this. There is not a single person involved. But it it gets their story, their little thing out there, right? LeBron, I don't get that. This is not a trolling move, is it? No, I I assume in his case he it was or a his advisors move. believed they could pull this off. I would argue that Ohio State University also thought they could pull yeah. it off because they were looking to merchandise. They were looking to sell all this merchandise, and so they had a business angle too. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's not. Entirely, I'm giving them more credit than you are. Yeah, it's not entirely without precedent. So there are two universities with major athletic programs: the University of Southern California and the University of South Carolina. And University of Southern California trademarked USC, so you won't see South Carolina referred to ever. As USC, so there is, there there is some precedent in that space where merchandising and things like that are you know are at play. Did the University of South Carolina trademark Carolina? Because I see a lot of their merchandise that just says Carolina, and you being from North Carolina, we I'm, don't like that much. I wouldn't think yeah. so. Uh, is that is that the Lesser Carolina? Which one, South Carolina? Yeah. Unquestionably, <laughs> really going to get emails. <laughs> looking for trolling all over the place. We've angered the smokers, Ohio Stateians of both stripes. I think Ohio State. Marketfoolery at fool com. Keep them coming, folks. Uh, rest in peace, T Boone Pickens. Uh, he died Wednesday at the age of ninety one. Um, noted oil man, uh, as the Wall Street Journal uh, wrote in the obituary, a pioneer. In hostile takeovers, yeah. Um, also donated uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of half a billion dollars to his alma mater, uh, Oklahoma State University. Uh, Otter, you got the chance to meet him. He, yeah. And by the way, everyone who is writing about him, tweeting about him, uses the phrase "larger than life." Uh, the Dallas Morning News has a phenomenal obituary about T. Boone Pickens. Yeah, I mean, he was a he was a classic Wildcatter personality. Very, you know, very personable, very positive. You know, probably could sell you most anything. Um, so Tom Gardner and Andy Cross and Morgan Housel. Uh, and I, along with some other fools, had the opportunity to go to uh, T. Boone Pickens' offices. This was four years ago, perhaps, and uh, and so we were sitting around with 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 Boone, and and uh, he was talking about the weight that he'd lost and the fact that he's always been very healthy and he's worked out his his entire life. He said, "You know how you can tell uh, that someone who is older is is healthy is you got to check their calves." And so with that. <laughs> He flings his leg up onto uh, onto his conference room table um, and encourages us to come and you know grab his calves, which 
in a lot of situations would probably be, you know, would 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 probably be at least frowned upon, but it was just, you know, it was just how he was. Strong calves. Yeah, surprisingly supple <laughs> for someone I get, for someone in his mid eighties. I mean, I figure if you're going in and checking out a billionaire's calves, you might as well, you know, really see what he's got going on. And it was, yeah, pretty pretty good. Yeah, I've, some some invita- some invitations you just don't turn down. No, I've, no. I feel like the adjective that he was looking for there was not supple, though. No, no. Calves like iron. I think that's what you know, he was. The Bill, <laughs> he was. He wanted us to like those are those aren't calves. Those are cows. <laughs> He was sort of the Bill Brasky of uh, corporate raiders. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would say that's probably correct. Yeah, I mean, a, a physically imposing person, as you said, uh, Otter, an, yeah. an amazing salesman. Um, uh, a lot of great stories about him. I'm, I'm sure there are folks out there. Particularly when you consider that he was a pioneer in hostile takeovers, I'm sure there's some business folks out there who are. You know, they're fine with him no longer being less on the charitable today. Yeah, they would yeah. Be, they would be less charitable in their um, assessment of him because they were probably on the other side of those hostile takeovers. Yeah, yeah, and and it, it is it is not overstating to say that he paved the way and showed. You know, there's a big argument now about whether it, you know whether shareholder capitalism is the most appropriate form, or whether there's been some real damage that's, that's caused. And I think that those are probably really great arguments. But it is not by mistake that the you know the rise of shareholder capitalism and the rise of you know of uh, shareholder activism happened at the same time, and he was at the forefront. All right, we'll wrap up there. Bill Mann, Bill Barker, thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. It's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.